Brought to you today by Amazon. Click the Amazon link on SeanTGreen.com to support the Green Room today. And now, live from Silver Lake, California, the host of the Green Room, Sean Green. All right, everyone, welcome to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on SeanTGreen.com, presented by our good friends over at 247Comedy.com. Make sure you check them out. You can uh, check out their channel on the iHeartRadio app. Solid 24-7 comedy. Hilarious stand-up. It's going all the time. You can get it on AM, FM station, the whole nine. Like Logan said, we're also brought to you by Amazon. You just go to that, uh, you go to the website, you click on the Amazon link. It's a very simple concept. Whatever you get, um, Amazon's like, hey, Sean, you're doing a great job getting the word out about Amazon. A lot of people wouldn't know about Amazon if it wasn't for listening to your podcast so what we're going to do is if your listeners click through we're going to kick you back one to maybe three to four percent and uh helps keep the lights on meta you know in That's a roundabout it. way yeah <laughs> right it's it's, it's a start like to welcome on my left hand man mr logan Lystico. logan what's shaking summer salutations son <laughs> stumbled over that a little bit but i, I like Some the salutations i like the uh i like the alliteration I was hoping you didn't now do people do people actually say salutations I, I feel like that's just used to describe a salutation do people don't actually say hello salutations uh i feel like robots say that <laughs> uh, people in books i don't know <laughs> <laughs> two crazy different um ends of the spectrum robot people and people in books right Salutations. I guess maybe is that like an old English thing? Salutations, Sean. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like a nerdy scientist might say it because they just don't. They don't understand to say hello. They just think saying the word salutations is uh, good enough that people will figure out. Oh, salutations, my good friend. Salutations. It's like saying greetings. (laughs) Greetings, human. Aliens might say it. Yeah, that is weird. How like the aliens figured out? Aliens came from outer space. They figured out. Enough of our language to know English, but still right. messed it up a little bit. Like, no, I have a feeling if you these aliens <laughs> could figure out a way to find us in this vast universe where we can't even detect no other life forms within that. If they can figure out a way to essentially travel at the speed of light and greet us with our language, you'd think they would get grammar and syntax down. Hmm, I'm trying to think though, would we, what would we do if we went to an alien world? Wouldn't we say greetings and salutations? Well, I, see, that's what I'm saying. I feel like if you can figure out greetings and salutations, if you're smart enough to figure that out, then you probably figured out the, yeah. the language. You know what I mean? Hey, what's up, bro? <laughs> what's up, Mr. President? Now, are you, uh, you seem like a big alien dude, Logan. Yeah, lately. <laughs> I've been on a big, uh, ancient aliens kick. Now, what's the, what's the appeal there? Um, you know what? Honestly, I don't know if I even really, this is funny. It's weird. I don't really believe, I guess I'm not sure, but I don't believe that UFO or I believe in UFOs, but I don't believe that aliens have ever visited earth. But I just think that ancient aliens is so interesting because it raises like all these weird questions. Yes. That, I mean, they explain everything with aliens, which is silly, but they also like go, go in depth on like how the pyramids were built and like, now with like the, that. This I, place I called like Puma Punku, which is like 10,000 years old, but it looks like they built it with machinery and stuff. I don't know. It's interesting. Well, it's, it's weird because in my mind, it, believing in aliens is almost like 
people are super religious or, you know, whenever they come up with an argument, it's just like, oh, hey, it was God. And then right. it's the same way, like, people are like, oh, yeah, aliens did it. And you can't, you can't disprove God or aliens. Why not? I, I get. But those are the most fun questions is like, <laughs> well, what if inside the molecule there's a whole nother universe? It's like, you can say that all you want. There's no way to prove it or like. You yeah, know, it's just all theory. You can't, you and, can't disprove something that doesn't exist. So in the same way that you can't disprove the 9-11 conspiracy theorists, I mean, you can because we See, all – See, that's win. another thing. Like I don't really believe that George Bush caused 9-11, but I find those conspiracy theories really interesting because they, yeah. they I know. raise I, interesting you, you get sucked in, but then yeah. just – I took one class in logic at uh, Cal State <laughs> University, Northridge, uh-huh. and it really – or no, actually, it was, at, it was at Penn State. I took a class in logic, and it really did change my perspective of just like, okay, it doesn't matter if something can happen. What you're supposed to be doing with logic is setting up a hypothesis and just supporting it with facts – you know, not attacking the other person's point of view, like an ad hominem attack. No, you just say, okay, um, does Santa Claus exist? Well, here's all the evidence that points to a much more likely solution. You can't disprove Santa Claus because right. you can't disprove something that doesn't exist. So that, uh, that, that really blew my mind. Yeah. I don't know. Getting a logic class, ancient aliens. I, I mean, here's my thing with aliens, 9-11 conspiracy theories, they all go under the same category of there is so much money in not keeping that secret that I don't, that secret would have got out. In my mind, every secret, every one of these like crazy 9-11 conspiracy theories, aliens, it, it means that there would have have to have been so many people involved in the cover-up. Eventually, someone would have cracked. Especially now, like, it's so easy to document everything. If you actually... Well, they just busted the... Was it the DEA or the ATF that uh, were smuggling guns to Mexico? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, that's insane. You would hear rumors about that, you know, five years ago, and you'd just be like, there's no way that's happening. But now they've busted it, you know? And that was happening. <laughs> Well, I mean, there, there are conspiracies that happen. Like, do you think J- JFK was shot by one gunman? I don't know. That, no, I think he was killed by the mafia. But uh, that's <laughs> yeah, what, me too. <laughs> I mean, that's my point is that I think it's much harder to get away with a conspiracy. It was easier to keep people out of the loop. It was easier to not have information recorded. There's so much. But these days, it's not. There's the so much information out there. And the whole Fast and Furious operation. I mean, it sounds like on the cover, it sounds like. Wait, why would they be smuggling guns into Mexico? But that really wasn't the case. What was happening was they were letting smaller gun buyers and they were targeting these gun shops. They knew these guys were taking the guns back to Mexico. And so they were fine with that. They were even putting in like tracking chips and stuff with the guns. Right. And it's a program. Yeah, it's been, not like it's a they, program. Were, they weren't earning money directly. It was from it was a that. program they've been yeah. doing for a long time. They were smuggling the guns into Mexico. Eventually, though, they lost track of the guns and they <laughs> used the guns to kill the FBI guy. So yes, it looks like a colossal fuck up, but it's the same way that when they let smaller drug dealers go to catch the bigger drug dealer. In a way, it makes sense. You want to, if you just keep busting these small time guys, it's going to be harder to address the problem overall. Yeah, no, I mean... I mean, how do you build a case against a kingpin? You slowly infiltrate their network by letting smaller things go on. I'm just saying there are things that are questionable going on in the government, and then, you know, there are conspiracies do exist. I mean, even the official story of 9-11, 
is technically a conspiracy. If Al-Qaeda really did take down the towers, that was a conspiracy, you know? Yeah. I mean, they... They I guess I, of like in my mind, when people like say five. conspiracy theory or when people come up, in my mind, when they're describing conspiracy theory, they're saying everyone already agrees on this piece of information that a lot of people documented. Here's the thing. There's way, 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 way more information supporting that 9-11 happened as you and I thought than versus the other. So right. you can't just take <laughs> – just because there's some bit of information that is that is tough to like acknowledge with the rest of the information – doesn't disprove everything we watch. Oh, it was a controlled dem- demolition. A couple guys. I know this scientist, and it's always just no, guys who are high all the time. By the way, we're yeah, not exactly. scientists or real <laughs> Joe yeah, Rogan. Yeah, exactly. I think you're just talking about the Joe Rogan podcast. I, that is what I. And Joe, Joe Rogan's a funny guy and a smart guy, but he even admits that he's kind of he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He's yeah. uh, you're hanging out on a podcast. You're talking at your ass, much like I'm doing. But the difference is, <laughs> I. It, Everyone witnessed 9-11. We all saw it happen. We all yeah, saw the I've planes. Seen stuff online where people are like, oh, uh, the airplane that hit the towers was a hologram. And it's like, okay. At the end of- <laughs> that's just absurd. I mean. Is, is, is life really that interesting? That's, that's <laughs> no. what I think. No, at well, the yeah, end, it is actually. I, I mean, know. life is interesting, but the truth is far more fascinating. So for yeah. me, like, it, being an archaeologist and actually figuring out how they made the pyramids using these scientific methods that's much more intellectually stimulating than just going oh it's fucking aliens yeah <laughs> you can't just say see, ancient aliens i'll give you an example uh king tut is like one of the most famous pharaohs of egypt and he had like an alien shaped head now <laughs> no but that's what do you mean wait, an alien wait, let shaped me finish head? How, he my, did he had like a long weird looking head now but the real reason is because he was an inbred Pharaoh. <laughs> yes, and they used to put like stones on their heads so their their you know brain would be sloped a well, certain he, way. He was supposedly born that way, or his family that was like a family trait. Now I wouldn't even know about that if it wasn't for ancient aliens. I don't think <laughs> I don't think he's an alien, but I'm just saying like it you know, they research stuff to support their alien thing and it brings <laughs> brings up Stuff I didn't know. I don't know. No, I, I, under, I understand the. And plus, it helps me go to sleep at night. Like I, I mainly watch it when I'm going to sleep. I understand. It's kind of crazy to listen to these theories, and it's just basically science fiction, or your, or your. Stim- it's like science fiction, but they sprinkle it in with a or connect it to true life events, or the characters are actually historical people. It's like the Da Vinci Code, but they're trying to pass it off as like. <laughs> there's this one guy with crazy hair that's just like the ancient aliens were there. Like he talks. Talks so weird. He's so enthusiastic. That's always the best. The scientists they interview for these things. Like yeah. we used to watch. Yeah, we used to watch that universe show. And these guys, I mean, it was its own reality show. Just watching <laughs> yeah. these scientists be on television was just fascinating. Because they're so weird. Their hairstyles always bizarre, and they're always super excited about the dorkiest thing that they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it makes me excited. I know that is great. Dorks have such enthusiasm. It's amazing. <laughs> But in general, I'm kind of, um, I don't know, man. I'm getting burned out on this nerd culture. It's really, we've ragged yeah. on it a few <laughs> times, but it's just getting too much, man. It's, it's yeah. Spider-Man, but, I mean, Batman, okay, but it's just like ev- not everyone. I feel like everyone in our generation has this same life story of, oh, I was bullied so much in school. Then I just got really into 
books and computers, and I fa- and now I got I'm such a nerd. It's How many trend, people? You know, when we were growing 75% up, seventy five percent of people can't be nerds. Seventy five percent of people in our generation can't be nerds, Logan. When and I was, just yeah. the stats don't add up. Right. You can't consider yourself some minority if you're eighty five percent of the people. Exactly. Spider Man's the number one movie, but everyone's just like, I'm such a nerd. I love Spider Man. No, you're. A regular person. Stop painting yourself as this, like, victim of society. Yeah. Well, when I grew up, everyone acted like they were from the ghetto. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Hip-hop we, was huge. Yeah, we had like that. that was – this is the new thing. Right. Instead of – yeah, people used to – yeah, when we were growing up, it was that same kind of sense of – or the popular thing was to act like you – came from a tougher neighborhood than you actually did because yeah. we were the first generation that grew up primarily in the suburbs so the idea is like yeah but i'm oh man i know some tough people but and, before and, i moved here like it was trust me it was the ghetto in my trust old me. school <laughs> in my old school i have been how many times that conversation has been followed up with in my old school man yeah things were really crazy yeah, you're trying you're trying to make yourself interesting i get it but just this this nerd story that everyone is just grabbing onto and self you can't call yourself a nerd part of being a nerd is that other people call you nerds you can't own (laughs) nerd all right that doesn't work i get to call people nerds and the idea of like oh i'm really into computers yes so is everyone (laughs) yes wake up to the world It's not a, you're not a nerd anymore if you use a computer. If you don't use a computer, you're a fucking out of work retard. Like, it's a, it's a basic thing. It'd be like a guy who didn't use a shovel in the 1800s. Like, yeah, I'm not a shovel guy. You can't just say that. That's a basic tool of getting work done these days. Everyone does work online. It's almost insane that as much as people talk shit about, oh, hey, we gotta get the environment. We gotta get off foreign oil. You know how we can get off foreign oil? Just have companies say, hey, two days a week, you're working at home. Do you know how much foreign oil we would save and that, how that would drive down our production? That's I mean, our, uh, our consumption of oil? And I know what you're saying. Oh, well, yeah, if they're not in the office, how do you know they're really doing work? You don't. It's not like people, when they're in an office, they do the same amount of work because they're sitting there, not really, you know, they're yeah. opening, they got like nine <laughs> different windows going. That's, that's basically an eight hour workday. You're lucky to have someone's attention if you're an employer for four hours of that because people, there's so much going on with the internet and stuff like that. What they should do is just set up, hey, a couple days a week, work from home, come in, collaborate. Hey, log into your Gmail account so I can keep checking in, see what's going on. Why do we, I get it. I mean, there is some collaboration stuff, but I feel like a lot of office work that's getting done right now could easily be done remotely. I feel like the whole foreign oil thing is just ignorant by nature because it's a world oil market. Like, first of all, the people that are saying that are the same people that are against the Keystone Pipeline, which I'm not saying I'm for necessarily. I don't know. I guess I'm for it if it's safe. I mean, they have to, like, make sure it works, but... Well, that, but I mean, they're quick, against stuff like that, and then, but even if you had that working, at the same time, it's a world oil market. It wouldn't like bring down oil prices. Wait, what the are you world, saying? If, oh, that. I mean, it depends on all the other countries in the world, including especially China, like to bring yeah. oil prices. Well, yeah, Not I mean, to get too technical here, right? No, I mean, China is a huge part of the market, but it, obviously, if we. But we don't decide our, our own prices. Yeah, well, right. China, if we cut China our demand a lot. a lot, that might help the prices because they, um, or it would just be less consumption of foreign oil and less less beholden to the people. The the pipeline is a great thing, a, a great example. Like, oh, hey, do you have an opinion on the pipeline? Should they build the pipeline? Shouldn't they? 
you know what? As it turns out, I'm not a geologist. How the fuck would I know that answer? <laughs> and then all they do is they trot out scientists that are Democrats or basically funded by the Democrats or scientists that are funded by conservatives. And one scientist yeah. comes out and he goes, this, it's not going to affect the wildlife or nature at all. And the other guy's like, oh, it's going to destroy the ecosystem. We're going to poison our planet. How do I know? Hey, Sean, do you believe in global warming? I have no idea. Some, a lot of scientists say, yeah, there is global warming. But then also, I know I'm not frying, and I know that the Earth's temperature does change over time. Okay, so like to, to definitely say it was caused because of man, I think it's tough to say. Yes, we're damaging our ozone with pollution, but is that directly correlated to raising the what caused the uh, what caused the ice age to end? Was it guys uh, running their spraying their uh, hairspray and like yeah. run, running their lawnmower? No, the Earth's temperature has gone up and down through the entire history of man. Exactly. It couldn't. It maybe it is. I yeah. Obviously, are we doing the wrong thing to the environment? Sure. Should we take better care of it? Sure. Am well, I going to be smart about it? And let's I'm, not just say like, oh, oil companies bad. You know, I mean they they hire a lot of people. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, I feel like every time I – Well, Logan, what are you, a part of the one percenters? No, that's the, the thing is that, like, I mentioned to someone the other day that my friend in Houston worked for uh, BP and she was just like, oh, oh my god, that's terrible. And it's like, why? That he has a great job that he gets paid well for? And <laughs> I mean, he didn't like – Cause the oil spill, like yeah. he works in Houston. I mean, there I mean, were guys, you know, there like, were guys working on that oil rig who died. Do you think they were in on the plan? They were like, exactly. Ah, ha, ha. I mean, they're not. I mean, maybe it's an they, industry, just like the entertainment industry, or I mean, I don't know. <laughs> That's my only example. I know we sound like the assholes. Food industry. We sound no, like. I mean, it we is sound like true. assholes defending big oil companies. But the truth is, we all need oil. We all use oil. Yeah, sure. It's just easy to demonize the oil company and say, "Oh, yeah, stupid oil company." But yeah, and they make a lot of money because they they that's make how this w- podcast possible. Like the plastic <laughs> on these microphones, the plastic on the uh, all the most plastic things are made from crude oil. I mean, I don't know. People just have no idea like how important oil is. Right, we're dependent on oil. I mean, yeah, we should do whatever we can to get off of foreign oil. To me, that seems like such a basic thing that we could that could jumpstart a lot of stuff. Instead of all, oh, this- but we can't drill in Alaska, no, because. No one visits there and no one cares. <laughs> so let's just not touch it. You know, it the is, whole reason well, we you know you bought know Alaska was because it had oil. <laughs> and now we can't drill there. You know what's Fuck great? That. What's great is that um, – yeah, first off, it's great that uh, – the same people that say you can't drill in Alaska are the same people that say Alaska's meaningless because Sarah Palin governed it. Like, oh, yeah, she just governed Alaska. What do they have up there? And then they're, like, defending, <laughs> oh, you can't tear up Alaska's natural resources. It's just funny that they totally shit on Alaska when it, they're talking about Sarah Palin, yeah. but then totally embrace Alaska. I don't care about polar bears. Let's get realistic. If it came down to um, us being involved – Honestly, would you rather be involved in – would you rather have active military troops in Pakistan or would you rather have an oil rig in Alaska? To yeah, me, it's exactly. a pretty easy situation. <laughs> and I know it's not it's not that simple, but for you to say that uh, – the reason we're in the Middle East, the reason we basically – the reason we're the reason so we realistic is every 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 Middle East phone call that we take is because they have oil. It's not – the Middle East is essentially a super 
hot chick who's super crazy but has amazing sex. So occasionally you'll have to pick up that phone and yeah, you deal with the consequences. You got to get her some gifts. There's a lot of fighting going on. You eventually have to cool things down. But yeah, we're not ready to give her up because we don't have a nice steady. We could find <laughs> a steady seven in Alaska. Exactly. Yeah, she's not a 10, <laughs> but you can live with her. You don't have to worry about her blowing up your house or whatever <laughs> these other terrorists would do. And we're already drilling in the ocean, which I think is way more dangerous. I mean, you just saw what happened with BP a few years ago. Yeah, I, I think we could get away. I mean, really. If that happened in Alaska, what would happen? It would flood. All these scientists that are working on. Trivial shit like making iPods smaller. We should just be working on a renewable, just renewable energy. Just every scientist, let's just give six months on renewable energy. I mean, we're pretty close with wind, solar. They have like stuff you can put in the ocean that just goes back and forth, like turbines that just generate electricity. Yeah. It, you could, there's natural kinetic motion going all over this great country. We just got to harness it, Logan. Exactly. <laughs> Amen, so now brother. I sound like a politician. <laughs> it's all right, true, though. Let's, uh, Let's get to some clips here. We have we had a guest scheduled. He might show up. I really have to knock this podcast out because I'm heading to Catalina Island. My friend uh, friend's getting married, so I'm going over there doing the uh, best man speech. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Should be it should be a fun time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's always a lot of pressure doing the best man speech, especially as a comedian, because not only does it have to be good, but then they're like, "Oh wow, yours is going to be really funny because you're a comedian." Oh, man. It's sad I'm going to miss that. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe it'll be funny. I mean, <laughs> Maybe generally, it'll be on tape. <laughs> well, you'll it, bring your, your yeah, uh, flip. <laughs> exactly. Sure. Well, it's one of those things like you want to generally you start out, you know, crack wise a little bit, have some moments on sincerity and then kind of wrap up with a with a sincere, sincere piece there. All right, so look, sincere all the way through, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, you throw in some jokes and some anecdotes, but you don't want to end on, so <laughs> my buddy's a huge douchebag. Best of luck. No, you throw that in the middle. You don't want to end on that. That You want to end on a sincere gesture because that's how yeah, – oh, that's man, what – basically up. you're rolling right into the toe. So you can't just go, and then he threw up in my car after we got kicked out of the strip club. Best of luck on your new life. <laughs> You might be able to get away with some of that during the actual speech, but you don't want to end on that. I gotcha. <laughs> All right. Here is uh, – speaking of political candidates running for office, Mitt Romney. He is uh, taking on Barack Obama. This is Mitt Romney. <laughs> now, this is – in my mind, this is a – all right. I'll, I'll let the clip speak for itself, <laughs> but he is at the um, – NAACP, for some reason, they invited him to speak. And, uh, this That's is brilliant already. It's this just is so funny. He, he just started the speech. He got a couple, couple, uh, claps and he's, uh, immediately rolls into this. And so to do that, I'm going to eliminate every non-essential expensive program I can find. That includes Obamacare and I'm going to work to reform and save. was a survey <laughs> is he gonna try to tell them that it's actually a popular idea to take down yeah that was a that thought. was a that was the best dealing of a bad moment uh, i've ever heard like the best handling of an unruly crowd just sit there stone face for 20 seconds 
you know, there's a survey. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, this is what these folks want to hear. Survey stats. You got to admit. There's wanna... a survey that says that people don't want you to have health care. There's a survey that says um, black people are not supportive of Obama. And for some reason, I read that survey <laughs> and thought it would be a good idea to crap on Obamacare. It's got his name in it. Obviously, they're <laughs> – I mean, yeah. this is why I wouldn't vote for Mitt Romney. Not that I think Obamacare is a great idea. I, I mean, as far as I know, I think it's just going to add a bureaucratic mess to an already tangled – I think it's going to tie up things worse and probably not work in the long run. See, I'm going to switch sides for my oil stance and go lefty here and say I, I like Obamacare for the most I, part. Yeah, sure. I like the idea, but to me – I think the government's going to fuck it up and it's going to make things worse. I hope it well, doesn't. That's, yes. But that's the, that's a natural cynic in me. I mean, yeah, sure. The, uh, the government was able to t- pull off 9-11, but I think they're going to have trouble dealing with Obamacare. But this is why I would not vote for Mitt Romney. This shows a profound lack of judgment to go in front of a huge African American audience and start off by saying Obamacare is a bad thing. That's not being able to read a crab. A couple episodes ago, we talked about how uh, I misstepped when I was in front of a bunch of uh, African-Americans and tried to say something like, oh, you guys know what it's like, uh, you know, having the police bust right. your chops. <laughs> I got booed off stage. I'm sympathizing with this guy. But as the president of the United States, he should know better. Yeah. And yes, if I would have started off bashing Obama, okay, then yeah, I should know better. It's common sense. Yeah. The idea – yes, Obamacare is – you have a point there. But you gotta, <laughs> it's public speaking 101. Know your audience. Yeah, just raise issues that you think they'll support, obviously. Yeah. There's no reason I bring up every issue on your. There's no issue to start <laughs> off. You have a position on Start you. off crapping on Obama. I get it. That's part of why you're running for office. You're not Obama. But why not be subtle enough to go, hey, I'm about making uh, government spend less money, cutting back programs. You don't even have to mention Obamacare, but just saying, I want to help people out by putting money into job training programs or whatever. Basically, you're telling people that the politician's job is to tell people what they want to hear and to go up in front of the NAACP and not realize these people want to hear that Obamacare is okay is a profound lack of reasoning and logic. Yeah. That's what, I mean, that speaks volumes more than anything else. That he just looks at that and goes, you know what? Um, yeah, that's, that's a good, this is a great time to crap on, uh, Barack Obama. Well, maybe that was a moment for him to fire up his base and, uh, just say, yeah, I'm gonna say it to everyone, you know, even in NAACP. Right, Logan. Maybe, maybe he's saying, but I, I feel I got like balls. he's. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like I he. I do have balls. I don't flip flop. That's what he's trying to say. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, he does flip flop. <laughs> and he has supported socialized healthcare. That's the, it's that's based the crazy on part. his plan in Massachusetts. Well, Logan, there's a lot of different ways to uh, deal with unruly crowds. This is uh, – we are really entering the world of the joke police, which is – I got a lot of thoughts on this. We've touched on it. Seemingly, it's happening all the time now. But yeah, every uh, episode. Yeah. People but are I so empowered like with Twitter and Yeah, we're YouTube giving these – comments. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, you know, the promise of the internet. Everyone has a voice. And then everyone has a voice and you realize, oh, my God, everyone needs to shut the fuck up. There are, <laughs> Too why, many why do we voices. Go, why do we go back to the day when there was three TV channels? That was a simpler time. It was easier to regulate the voices. Uh, just listen to Tom Brokaw and – now Rodney, everyone thinks Rodney they're Dangerfield. <laughs> everyone thinks they're a reporter. All right, so what we're talking about is a, a incident with uh, Daniel Tosh at a comedy club. 
So apparently comedians can take it too far. This chick is the most, this is the, this girl reading this news is she like the prototyp, the prototypical <laughs> just valley girl. Like sometimes comedy is not funny and guys can do stuff that's like not funny and people are like, mm, I like, why do you think that's like funny? That's cause that's not funny. <laughs> just cause you like say crazy stuff doesn't mean you're like funny. Whatever. During his performance last Friday at the Laugh Factory, Daniel Tosh allegedly was making generalized statements about rape jokes always being funny. <laughs> now that is a crazy, allegedly making generalized statements about rape jokes. So, Daniel I Tosh... I can tell that it's funny. Like, Daniel, even when she's Daniel Tosh didn't even make a rape joke. He was on stage, and I guess someone yelled out, he's like, I said something like, what do you guys want to talk about? Or threw, like, threw it out to the audience, or he's like, what do you want me to do a joke on? Someone said rape, and he goes, rape jokes are always funny. And then the girl's like, mm, rape jokes aren't always funny. <laughs> oh, you sound mad at her. Oh, I am mad at her. <laughs> I'm mad at anyone that just thinks they're empowered. Hey, you want to go? Hey. After you get your uh, talk show and after you do stand-up for 15 years, then you can go on <laughs> and say your non-offensive uh, stuff. And when did it getting offended – when was that a bad thing? Yeah, some shit's offensive. Turn the channel. Walk out of the club. I'm sure you could get your money back. Every comedy club, if you go up to them and say, this is what I thought it was. Can I have my money back? They'll give you your money back and get rid of you. They don't want you – they don't want a problem. They they already sold you the two drinks. Get out. Fine. That's how how starved for attention are you, you know? Oh, this is about me now. I'm going to interrupt this show and... According to reports, a woman in the audience shouted back, Actually, rape jokes are never funny. See, it's rape isn't funny. Rape jokes are funny. Murder isn't funny. O.J. Simpson jokes are funny. That's the difference. Yeah. The jokes part. And Tosh let her have it, saying, wouldn't it be funny if that girl got raped by, like, five guys right now? Like, right now. What if a bunch of guys just raped her? Hmm, that's really not the smartest thing to say. It you know what? It's not the poignant. smartest thing to say, but it is the funniest thing to say right there in that moment. Or to just go, yeah, that would be hilarious if she was complaining about rape jokes and then all of a sudden got raped. That would be funny. That would be ironic. That would be coincidental. That would be – and it's also a joke. If you're at a comedy club. You're creating the expectation of, hey, make me laugh. This guy is saying – aren't comedians supposed to talk about taboo? And here's the other thing. Next person that puts out a blog about how saying they were offended or they were outraged or they were they they never heard that kind of language, we get a Google we get a, we get your Google search results. You gotta turn over your laptop and we gotta look and see what you've looked at on the internet to see if you really have the delicate sensibilities that you say you have. Because <laughs> Logan, we're living in a world where Two girls, one cup is a part of the spectrum. All right. So yeah. if, they, if you've seen that and lived to tell about it, they're, they're executing, uh, Pakistan and the Taliban are executing people online and posting those videos. So to say that you're offended by a joke at a comedy club when you've seen that kind of stuff, that's insane. Yeah. And obviously he was just using irony. He didn't actually think <laughs> she was going to get raped. He wasn't calling on people to rape her. Right. I mean, yes, if he was at a, if he was a, if he was like lecturing, um, yeah, <laughs> right. if, he, if he was at Planned Parenthood and a woman came in after being sexually assaulted and was making jokes about it, yeah, that's inappropriate. That's offensive. 
the Onion had a great uh, had a great article about it. They were like, uh, Daniel Tosh laughs through entire rape, <laughs> and it's you know a fake news story about Daniel Tosh getting raped and like laughing it off. And yeah, obviously. <laughs> And that's a funny rape joke, even though it's at Daniel Tosh's expense. Right. I mean, when it, I, when I make jokes about, um, yeah, I make jokes about cancer or drinking and driving or death or whatever. Yeah. Have I gone through uh, stuff? Uh, am I going to die one day? Yes. But I'm, I'm using this time I have while I'm still alive to crack wise. And it's not, I'm not talking about your grandma. I'm not talking about your buddy that OD'd on heroin. Yes. That's a bummer. I'm talking about broad ideas like concepts funny interesting topics yeah to to just say stuff is like completely oh that's how dare you even mention it how dare you try to say i can't mention it yeah. <laughs> everyone has a point of view but no one <laughs> just you don't care oh god i'm getting all fired up sweating my ass off all right logan Talk a little baseball here. Melky Cabrera. I know you have no idea who he is. It's cool. <laughs> I'm going to just shut off now. <laughs> you're going to tune out of the podcast. <laughs> it's not really a sports story. It's more just here's a classic, a, a great example of just profound lack of judgment. Our buddy uh, Stud Manley actually sent me over this clip. we got to get uh, Stud back on the yeah, program. Yeah, we haven't heard his movie reviews in a while. Yeah, well, it was easier to do before when we uh, were going live and having uh, the call-in thing. But you can still work that out. So maybe maybe next episode we can figure something out. So, But uh, anyway, I watched the MLB All-Star game, and I also found this pretty hilarious. So Melky Cabrera, uh, he wins the MVP of the All-Star game. They present him with a car. And also... Um, you know, he wins a car? Yeah. I get, it's, it's kind of annoying. Like these guys make $35 million a year and you present them with like a $40,000 sports car. I get it. They're, they want some product placement, but why not just raffle that off and say, Oh, hey, you know, he plays for the San Francisco Giants and one lucky San Francisco Giants fan in attendance is going to get that car. So everyone's obviously rooting for their player to win. Like you could just get a raffle ticket. Oh, who's your favorite team? Oh, okay. Like the Dodgers. Okay. If one of the players on the the Dodgers wins uh, the MVP, you got a chance at this car. Because Melky Cabrera, what the hell is he going to do with the $35,000 <laughs> Camaro convertible? He's just going to, oh, hey. Sell it or give it to his sister. Yeah, I mean, come on. The, Why? 30 grand? This in guy's making soup? 300 grand a year at baseball, which is kind of the most lazy sport. He's sitting there just yeah. hanging out. <laughs> There's a decent number of chubby players in the All-Star game. You don't see that in other sports. There are major league athletes. Prince Fielder, who um, I bet on to win the home run contest, and I won, as predicted on Sports Gambling Podcast, Logan. So, oh, nice product placement yourself. Exactly. SportsGamblingPodcast.com. He has like a noticeable <laughs> gut and he's a great athlete though. That's the only, you can only see that in baseball. I mean, I guess maybe offensive linemen, but I feel like in general, baseball players aren't that interested in being in shape. Anyway, it's an easy gig and to see them win a car, this isn't the price is right. Like when, when someone from the Midwest who, you know, makes $9 an hour wins a minivan, you're excited for them. It's hard to get really excited that a guy who, Makes that probably in like uh, 45 minutes of work is getting that equivalent. It's, it's not a game changer for Melky Cabrera, but they anyway, give away prizes during the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, they do that. They do that in the Super Bowl too. They Eli do? Manning got a convertible, or he got a Corvette convertible for winning the Super Bowl MVP. 
okay. <laughs> right. I just thought they won rings and jerseys and basically no. like souvenirs to say, look, no, I was that's, there. that's a new move. Now the car companies actually put out the car. Here's the thing though. That the, is insane. Why You're these... absolutely right. The fan, a fan should win it. That's t- completely insane. I mean, hey, it's it's Chevy. They can do whatever they want. I don't care. But if it was up to me, I would say, no, hey, why not turn this into a cool promotion for the fans? Hey, if you're at the All-Star Game, give us your email address, your phone number, and you're entered to win. If you're the player you pick wins, you get the car. And then you have all these people's email information. Follow up next month. Hey, you remember the uh, Chevy Camaro Challenge? You were at the game. Hey, why don't you come in for a test drive? Why would you not do that versus... Who's looking at that? You who's, know why? Who's watching them get? Well, yeah, I know different why. Different gambling laws in different states, probably. There's probably yeah. There's probably a number of regulations, whatever. But and they want it attached to this person. But who's watching that at home? Just sitting in your trailer park, hanging out with some lot lizard. You know, going. <laughs> I just heard that term again, and that cracks me up. That lot lizards funny. aren't just trailer park horse. Apparently, they call them lot lizards. So you're sitting there cracking some Mike's Hard Lemonade, watching the MLB All-Star Game. <laughs> some guy, some basically illegal immigrant who knows how to hit a curveball, just won a Chevy. You're basically your dream car. Are you going to go, oh, good for Melky Cabrera. I'm going to get a Chevy whenever I get a chance. No, you're going to say, fuck that guy. Get him out of this country. I want that Camaro. Yeah, All right, so this is Melky Cabrera. And in hindsight, maybe you go with an interpreter here. I'm not one to judge, Logan. You know me, but... Um, this is their interview with Melky Cabrera. Melky, congratulations. congratulations. Tell everybody, who, who do we have here with you today, by the way? Who are these lovely ladies? Uh, I'm thanking the fans, my family, and the opportunity for the, the I star here. I like it here, and so proud for the MVP, so thank you, the fans. <laughs> and who is this? We got mom here? Yeah, why are they not oh. translating? Oh, my God. This poor, I mean, I feel Such bad for this fighting. guy. I mean, not so bad that I won't make fun of him on the podcast, but I still feel bad for him. <laughs> don't, no, don't feel bad for no, him No, I know. Yeah, actually, wait, <laughs> fuck this guy. But he sounds like a retard, and it's probably because he doesn't know the language, but he's also probably an athlete, so he's probably, I mean, as... People in Dominican Republic, he's probably not a rocket scientist to begin with. They probably don't have a great education program over there, and he's an athlete. So as soon as they figured out he could hit an outside fastball, they're like, stop learning right now and get to America. He sounds oh, like he's a while installing gas station ads <laughs> on one of my part-time gigs. Yeah, you were talking about uh, – well, here, let's just finish this up, and then we'll, we'll get into that. I just want to hear his voice a little bit more. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, um, my mom, my grandmother, and my family here. And I'm surprised for me, the MVP, but uh, thank you, everybody, the fan. <laughs> Milky, the last time the All-Star game was here in there's Kansas no way City, he, 1973. There, there, there's no way he knows what this question is, is there? <laughs> Born, a giant was the MVP. Here we are nearly 40 years later, another giant is the MVP. But do you have a message for the fans of San Francisco who seem to enjoy when this event comes to the Midwest? Yeah, and the fan, the city, and San Francisco, everybody, uh, thank you. <laughs> Very happy. It's almost like he's a politician. He just knows a couple buzzwords. He's yeah. just keep just keep saying fan, thank you. And my, he almost sounds like. Um, well, he heard the the English-speaking guy say San Francisco, so he's like, um, yes, hey, thank the, you, San the, Francisco the fans. fan in uh, the San Francisco. He almost sounds like uh, Andy Kaufman's foreign man character. 
yeah. <laughs> the foreign guy, Laka. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you very much for the Chevy Camaro convertible. Here's the deal, Melky. If you can spell convertible, you can drive off in it. That's, <laughs> I don't think that's too much to ask. He's, he's not going to no. be able to handle. So you're talking about, um, your job right now. One of your gigs is installing signs above gas stations. How's, how's that working out? That's all right. Get some freedom out on the road. <laughs> go on my little route. It almost sounds like the, the, the pitch they give to truck drivers. Do you want to be your own boss? Like life on the open road? Yeah. Tired of people weighing you down? It's, it's like be tr- a truck driver. Yeah, it's very truck drivery. You're dealing with a lot of minimum wage people. Hanging out in gas stations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people who don't know English as their first language. But and- have a problem with you and they don't know how to explain. <laughs> So what now, are you doing? What you talk manager talk about this? What what's thing? What you do? I'm, I'm like it. no, I've installed the ads above the pumps right there. Do you see it? Yes, yes. So what? What I do? What you? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm putting the ads up there. Just let me do it. I love the idea that this guy is worried about this. Like there's some rogue sign ad installer. Just like, <laughs> I know. Like oh hey, I got it. I'm a secret agent for Cheetos. I'm installing. I'm going to go up. I'm going to get all these monster two for three (laughs) dollar energy drink posters put up and get this. There's no money in it for me. It's just advertising monsters. Some corporation I have nothing to do with, but I'm just going to drive around and I'm going to, I'm not, I'm just going to hang them up before these gas station attendants knew what hit them and I'm going to blow out town. Meanwhile, you're installing a sign that they unknowingly were like agreed to advertise on. Meanwhile, there's like nine guys tagging up like the entire wall outside. Yeah, and the sign, like, fits their pump exactly, and they think, like, I just made this up. And- oh, you probably came in there <laughs> with a, a ruler, and you, you're you a graphic design major, and you're just – this is one big practical <laughs> joke, just installing these signs. That's yeah. when I realized uh, these graffiti people are out of control because – have you seen uh, – in our neighborhood on Sunset Boulevard, they have these big – graffiti murals basically the idea is like oh and so instead of people just tagging up these big retaining walls we'll have like a cool artist come in and design you know it's like it's like turtles listening to hip-hop music you know just like random urban ideas you know honestly i'm sick of that shit and i think it's just <laughs> as pretentious as any other bullshit art form that there is well like, whatever it's like djing it's like fuck you you're not an artist well I, here's the here's the thing i I think of Shepherd Fairy and all these fags out there. <laughs> Shit, I shouldn't have said fags on the air, but still, it's just like it's a podcast. Uh, slogan. It's on the internet. It's I fine. I know what shit. you're. I know what you're saying with your hate speech, but <laughs> um, no, I, I'm nothing fine. against gay people. Just no. Shepherd Fairy and uh, you know Banksy and all them. They think they're so cool and they're not. Yeah, I mean Banksy's a good artist. Fine, I, I get it, but um, Buddy doesn't think so. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> No, the idea is – all right, so they – I'm fine with them like painting stuff on the wall. Okay, the idea is that, hey, this is better than actual graffiti. But then the graffi- the simulated graffiti now gets graffiti on top of it. So it's, it does not – why not just – oh, man, the graffiti guys are insane. Our one buddy Cornell said uh, there's a big problem also with just like people laying couches out in the neighborhood or like <laughs> – obviously, I've, I <laughs> lost gets my – graffiti on it too. Yeah, good. <laughs> Cornell was saying someone threw out a couch and then like 15 minutes later, the couch got tagged. <laughs> I, I don't understand the benefit there. The large scale item pickup. You're saying, you're hey, don't sit tagging. on my couch, motherfucker. 
This exactly. belongs to the 313. I should have thought of that when I was a kid. You know, a lot of times you were just like, <laughs> yeah. hey, I call fives on that couch spot for movie night. And then, uh, you know, your sister, little brother takes it. Instead, I would just tag it up with like some, you know, MS-13 gang graffiti. That'll show my mean business. Next yeah. thing you know, <laughs> sorry, it's a turf war. I got to execute you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would be, uh, I don't know if I'd be that crazy. I'm not going to see now. Oh, Sean, what are you saying? Gangland executions are funny? Is that what you're trying to do? Make light of gang? Not all gangland execution jokes are funny. What do you do? My brother was a victim of gang violence. Do do you think shouldn't everyone just change their sense of humor to accommodate me? <laughs> exactly, I, dude. I grew up in the ghetto. You don't understand. I mean, my old school before I moved to this school. Wow, we we're just hitting callbacks, Logan. <laughs> hitting callbacks. Man, By the I- way, I just want to say before we move on, like, uh, but not only do they paint on the walls like these li- big murals, which are actually, you know, at least they work hard on those. They put these little, like, decals on, like, trash cans and mailboxes and everything around town, especially in our little hipster area. Yeah. And, I don't know, that stuff just gets on my nerves. It doesn't look good. It looks, it's like littering. It's like littering your art on... Well, and especially, (laughs) yeah, and it's like whatever kind of brand they're trying or their indie band, and they just throw the labels everywhere. And then you see these guys working for the city. I see them all the time, especially at bus stops, coming by with like, you know, Windex and a glass scraper and taking all these stickers down. And I'm just doing the math. (laughs) This they're creating like, jobs, these artists. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> Their art does generate income. Not for them, for the state and the city, and it comes out of their taxes, which are probably not paying. But <laughs> At least if you have a band sticker, that means you have a band and you're doing something. But if you just put a logo that means nothing... You're just referencing yourself so you can yes, put more logos. Yes, and that's why we like, have the internet. You. If you want to put out artistic piece of crap, fine. I, that's what we do all the time. I put, but I don't, I don't stick it on public property. I know I sound like a, <laughs> I know I sound like a fuddy duddy. Call no, back to yeah. last week's episode, but Call come back. on, what? It, we don't need all this. It, it's just but annoying. See, it it did, craps up the neighborhood. If you did, you would be referencing this podcast, and someone would. Ha- I don't know. It would do something. I, I don't know. It's just like if you just you're just up, saying that the ambiguity yeah. ambiguity it ambiguity. has no meaning other than like look at me. It's it's not even saying a statement about society. It's just like oh I'm uh what was that in uh, exit through the gift shop doctor you know, I never doctor saw that. Uh, doctor brainwash would put up images of himself with a camera everywhere yeah. And it would do nothing for anyone. It would just be <laughs> pictures of him with the camera. No one would know what it means. He would just put it all over the city and make the city look ugly. And that's it. And then he got famous from that. It's just like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> He's not even a photographer. He's got a camera in his hand. I don't know. I know. I just hate it. <laughs> it is just uh, like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like performance art. I guess it's something. But I, it's just like so <laughs> off my off my wavelength. I have no idea. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's why, I, like, when I do comedy, I don't consider it an art. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe it's – there's yeah, it art is. to it, but I don't know. I just don't like to refer to myself as an artist because I just feel like it's kind of pretentious. If people want to say, hey, he's a great comedic artist, yeah, that's fine. I'm not going to, like – I'm just not going to pronounce myself an artist and say it's for the art form. Yeah, I, I, I respect it. I like working it. But to me, I don't know. I just don't – to me, art is art and comedy is comedy. It's its own, it's its own thing. I'm not going to call myself an artist. I'm a comedian. You're an artist, John. Speaking of being a comedian, Logan, July 20th, Philadelphia, big show, headlining the Underground Arts Theater, and uh, really looking forward to that. Make sure you go to SeanTGreen.com, get the tickets there. 
it's going to be a lot of fun. I love going home to uh, do these hometown shows. I also love the uh, crowds and my buddies. Like, they're not – they hold no punches. Like, if you have a bad show, they're like, wow, that really sucked. <laughs> In Los <laughs> Angeles, people are like – they feel compelled to just tell you everything was great because, hey, next day you might be on uh, – you might have your own reality show and they might need like a writer assistant job. So yeah. everyone's kind of on their toes. But for people in the East Coast, there's nothing to gain by kissing my ass. If anything, they're going to be beholden to it. I mean, yeah, they're, obviously my friends are nice. But I'm saying no one like – no one goes out of the way to kind of bullshit you. So looking forward to that. I was also uh, talking to my old man because it was it was my birthday you're talking about uh i'm gonna be coming home and my dad was great he called up and he's like hey uh happy birthday so what does it feel like to be 28 years old like i don't know i just turned 29 (laughs) (laughs) he goes oh yeah nice (laughs) it's like yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bother figuring out how old you are that's fine (laughs) and that's kind of my dad's style he just you know he'll just he just throws out ideas, and my sister goes, yeah, well, he just thought I was 28. And meanwhile, my sister's four years younger than me. So, And in my, I said in my dad's defense, I really don't think he knows how old he is. Like, he would have to do the math. He would remember. But, like, if you just held a gun to my dad's head, he would need pen and paper to figure out how old he is. And it's not like he's, you know, senile or anything. He just... And in his defense, really, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah, once after you leave college, who cares how old your kids are? After you are? can run a, <laughs> yeah, after you can hit the age to run a carpet shampooer and a, a Toyota Corolla, what what does it matter? <laughs> the age is just a number, baby. Although exactly. he he would probably not use that expression. <laughs> age is just a number, baby. I was having this thought. Now tell me if I'm wrong, Logan. But it seems to me. You know, there's that experience everyone has when you're on Facebook and just everyone is commenting, happy birthday, you know, blah, blah, blah. Hey, happy birthday, trying to be funny, whatever. They're going through the whole thing. I was thinking about it. It's almost – and the way Facebook, the birthdays are so prominent, you know, it's like basically right there when you log in, the list of people's birthdays. So I think you – in your head, you're like, oh, yeah, these people are – I should say happy birthday even though everyone ends up having a lot of random friends usually, stuff like that. It made me think that – I feel like back in the day, a lot of people must have forgot Mark Zuckerberg's birthday because it feels like <laughs> feels like a very deliberate characteristic to throw it in there on oh. Facebook. Like, oh, you, you could just tell, like, yeah, it'll be a great way to connect with people and to, and to meet girls and to remember people's birthdays. Like, wait, why? Who cares if it's your friend? You remember their birthday? Yeah, but what if you get a lot of friends and. You don't remember their birthday and you told them you were going to bring them an apple pie and you forgot. Wouldn't it be great to have a reminder right there? It's like, Mark, I'm sorry we forgot your birthday, man. Relax. <laughs> Just picture him in the programming meeting, keep trying to crowbar in Facebook birthdays. And they're like, all right, fine. Enough, man. Relax. Okay, let's see if we got uh, – I got one more here. One more news clip to comment on. Oh, also, uh, make sure you stay in two or- – Stay tuned to the uh, Twitter account, at Green Room Show. I will be tweeting my uh, latest appearance in the Wax video. Um, I think it comes out today. So if you're listening to this on a Friday, make sure you check out online. Hey, you can follow uh, Big Wax on Twitter. I make another appearance in my uh, – just to add to my catalog of law enforcement rap video uh, cameos. So uh, stay <laughs> tuned for that. And the chick in the Rosanna video is smoking hot. Nice. little like 90 pound latino chick with her breasts out and it is uh you'll be a fan logan you'll be a fan of the video Sweet. all right i love that song. speaking of music superstars 
Justin Bieber uh, had to call 911. 911, emergency, what are you reporting? Hello, um, I have like five cars following me. Okay, where are you at? I'm located um, on the freeway on in Los Angeles. Okay. Um, I'm passing Burnham Boulevard. What freeway are you on? I'm on the 101 Which south, headed, um, pa- I'm passing Barham Boulevard. Barham? Barham. Why does she correct him there? That, 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 that always interests me. She's Barham? Barham? Yeah, yeah, he was basically saying it. You know what she was talking yeah, about. Yeah, we all know on the 101. Anyways, he ended up, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it just goes on. But yeah, apparently there was like a pack of, I'm assuming paparazzi that were chasing after Justin Bieber. You want to talk about annoying stuff in society? That's she, what's what if she the- said, like, sir, get off the phone while you're driving? It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Against> the law. <laughs> that would be great. Well, then how did you call? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Justin Bieber can afford a Bluetooth, but didn't sound like he was using it. But that's what's annoying is that we live in a – I mean, come on. The guy's six uh, – I don't know. It's just crazy that uh, as a society we're obsessed with like a 18-year-old kids. I, I get it. He's a – He's a heartthrob or something. It just seems like a colossal waste of time. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I guess I'm just sounding like an old fuddy-duddy, not explain, you know, not knowing <laughs> what's cool about Justin Bieber. Obviously, he's not a, you know, obviously I'm not the, I'm not the go-to guy for the Biebs, but it is, it's always great to see him on like David Letterman show and David Letterman busting his chops, doing like the old guy. Uh, what's, what's going on with this? That, you know, he's, he always loves, uh, giving Justin Bieber a hard time. Justin Bieber, God bless you, but, uh. He's destined to be a huge asshole. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's really not, not his, his fault. fault yeah. I mean, love how we're like also defending him. Uh, no, I well, mean. I'll just, I mean, you can't not be completely out of touch when you grow up the way he's grown up. It's gonna be a tough, it's gonna be a hard crash for Justin Bieber. Hopefully we'll be still podcasting Logan so we can goof on him and his hijinks. All right, yes. let's, uh, let's wrap things up with a haiku. Just a number, man. Gas station hijinks. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Green Room. And, uh, yes, like I said, if you're in the Philly area, make sure you come out July 20th. You can find me online and get the tickets. Thank you, everyone, for listening to The Green Room. We do it live here every week on ShantiGreen.com. Log on to SeanTGreen.com to access archive episodes and follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show. Also check out DocumentaryLabel.com. Buddy seen her walk by in them tight